would you say that then like coal mining almost has like this sort of root not just in the Appalachian music but all throughout country yeah and it's almost got its own like vibe like its own genre when somebody sings a coal mining song no matter where they're from or what what country what that coal mining something about it i don't know if it's just like a sad ballady thing because of mm. what the coal mines are all about but every coal mining song i hear that it's like in it's it's in the same box it's in the same genre yep. it's pretty amazing like something can do that Welcome to Muttering Pines, the show where us city folk try to cowpoke. We drink beer, talk about ETVs, life outside the city, homesteading, entrepreneurship, and ultimately trying to do stuff with our hands. Hello, boys. Hello, Hello. friends. Oh, how are we doing? Scott, I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever. Yeah, well... Oh, because you didn't show up to your own organized episode last time that's why that's right that's uh, why we didn't talk yes right and to make matters worse i went to vancouver yeah the softest place on earth we had a great chat it with was... your knife guy yeah it was fantastic Telling yes it was, you did it was awesome. yeah it was almost better yeah. Though, yeah so appreciate so it. is he the new me is he he's just gonna hop on here in a second i just have to get this out. we're here to tell you that um you're going to have to disconnect here in about five minutes because yeah. Nathan's going to come on and do the rest of the episode with us. Uh, yeah, this is, uh, we do have an, uh, um, a musical number, not that they'll be singing, but the uh, hills um, are alive. Yeah. It's Matt. Matt is on here. <laughs> uh, I guess before we get into this, we're, we're way behind. Let's, uh, cheers. Oh, can't open that. Oh, Matt, oh, what have you, what you got there? tonight, my friend? Uh, this is uh, a, a poor man's old fashioned. Uh, so as just straight drink. whiskey. It's a, is it just straight whiskey, Matt? I, Matt, I did we did a on... video about this. It's called yeah. a really old fashioned. It's it's a poor man's old fashioned, as in oh. I poured what my friend gave me into a glass and gave up on everything else. So Yeah, that's a really old fashioned. Yeah. No, I, I didn't even pay for this. You did. But didn't you, though? Truth be out there, yes. I did have to actually go buy the bottle that my kids smashed that you gave me. But I still, I don't appreciate it any different. So. Okay, good. I was just so super that, angry. I mean, the weird thing about, about that is that, like, we all, like, wish our families were around less. But the guests we have tonight, they are family family and they they do everything together well hopefully they don't do everything together but they are a family band and we have chris and and donnie davison from the davison brothers band out of west virginia coming on tonight uh, and they play um i guess it's called appalachian country um it's kind of like a rock country vibe it's pretty sweet and uh they're here to talk to us for some reason all right, today we are joined by Chris and Donnie Davison of the Davison Brothers Band out of West Virginia. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Hello, hello. Good. How are you guys? Thanks for having us. Thanks for coming on. You guys, uh, you look like you're in a proper recording studio, which now that I've said it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, we've been uh, 
doing a little rehearsing and uh, a couple other things in here. It's a little writing room and recording room. I love it. So are you are you in are you like at home right now or are you on the road? We are in West Virginia. We're home in West Virginia. That's well, awesome. late for you then. Be we, be on the road tomorrow. <laughs> we split our time here uh where we originally from in Nashville about half and half where we tour about 200 days a year and probably on the road about 250 days a year. So Oh wow. Wow. How's that? Is that kind of is it taxing or is it is it you love it? That's kind of one of them things where it's all know, we know. You, <laughs> we don't know anything else. We get out and uh, can't wait to get home and get home for a week or two and can't wait to get out. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's good. Ca- we, love the road. we love the road, but but we love West Virginia where we're from over here. Uh, we we love the outdoors. We still have a the big family farm and uh, we do a little hunting and fishing and hanging out. We do we camp. We got a place on the trout stream up the road a little ways and. Uh, I don't know. We just, when we're not touring or writing or in the studio, we're, we're home in West Virginia, enjoying the mountains, I guess. That's, um, yeah, that's like, yep. That's, (laughs) that's getting all our juices going. Um, why don't we talk about, uh, why don't we talk about touring and, 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 um, and the album and stuff a little bit, and then we can get a little redneck if you want. Sure. (laughs) Um, okay. So you guys have, uh, a new album coming out sometime soon and you've got three singles that you've released so far yes yes april, um, april 28th the album will be released april 28th home is where the heart is and uh we were the first single we released off of it was mountain high and then uh mm-hmm. it's kind of a fun fun mountain mountain jammy just the way the title sounds and yeah and then and then we released uh a ballad a, a love song ballad kind of thing called cross my heart and uh it's still like an outdoorsy country <laughs> down by the river thing uh ballad and then the then the third one's eastern kentucky that that's the one that that's the single that's out right now so we're excited mm-hmm. about the release for the for the record we we're going to release it like i said on april 28th and then uh on the 29th we'll be playing the grand Ole opry to, to oh, man. Oh, kick off, kick off the release so so we're we're really excited. We're Grand... excited about the record release and the Grand Old Opry show. So, yeah, is the Grand Old Opry show? Is that your first time playing it? It's not. Uh, we oh, we nice. played it once before, so it's our second time doing it, and uh, we can't Incredible. wait. It was, it, the first time we played it was like the greatest experience ever. Like that is yeah. that, that state. There's just some kind of some kind of magic in that Opry that just takes over. It's it's pretty amazing. Like mm-hmm. we've played all over the all over the world and uh, a lot of different stages and a lot of different environments and everything. But there's something about the grand old Aubrey that kind of just, you just kind of, it, it takes over when you step in that circle, man, there's something magical about it. We read that about you actually. Now we read that you have uh, a following in Australia and that, that from your point of view, country music fans internationally are all the same. I wanted to talk a little <laughs> bit about that because I think that's fascinating that, that that culture is everywhere. Cause it's from where you're from. It is. Uh, we had a, a fellow, uh, his name was Rob Potts. He'd, uh, been very instrumental in bringing Keith Urban to the U.S. and he just a legendary guy. He was a promoter, a manager from a lot of big Australian bands, and he decided in the latter part of his career he wanted to open a record label and 
bring an act from the, the U.S. to do a reverse Keith Urban. And after going through hundreds of acts, he found us with our producer, Keith Stigall, at the time. And they put a song on the radio three months before we got over. And we got out on an airplane and had a video out on their CMT over. And we couldn't get off the plane without paparazzi and cameras. And it was amazing. <laughs> Incredible. It's like you you were right. It's it's like they relate to the same. I don't know. It's Australia pretty much the the first time we were there, it was like they get it. They get the the Appalachian, West Virginia, our culture thing. I think it is really similar. Like there's there's just as much coal mining as in Australia as there is over here in West Virginia and Kentucky and and uh um, oh. but it was, it's almost like just and and they're small and and it's laid back and it's kind of like that small town country thing. The entire country of Australia, they get it, man. They hardworking folks that like to have a good time and like good music, like mm-hmm. just just right, just kind of our how we grew up and and our family and everything. We just I don't know, we it just went over really well. Oh, I that's never incredible. The I first never would have made that connection with the coal mining in Australia versus the, like the first night at uh, we did CMC Rocks, which is a huge festival over there, and we get out on stage and and my brother's like, well, let's do Country Roads, and I'm like, well, we're some we're this far from home, they're not gonna know it. Literally, there's thirty thousand folks singing Country Roads back to us. Like yeah, I, I stepped off the microphone and they just sang it word for word, like. It was unreal. I mean, Country Roads is a big anthem over here. Everybody sings it at all of our shows. But when you're that far from home and you have that many people singing along, it was it was unreal. It was amazing. Hmm. That's incredible. That's gonna yeah. put a nice smile on your face. Yeah. So, so it was like right off the bat, we knew that they understood and they could. They were relating with what the music we were putting out. So the tour you've got planned for for this album, are you going to return to Australia? Is Australia on we, the list? We are. I think we're heading back to Australia in August, uh, probably for oh, about nice. two to three weeks. Oh, good. Yeah, it's it's Australia great. in August. That's it's a good year yeah. for them. It's yes, the, yes, it, that's the first public uh, announcement of that. So you're the first to hear it. So oh, go cool. away. Wow. It's 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 awesome once you get there. It's a long flight to get there, but but once you yeah. get there, it's worth it. Yeah, I have yeah. some family rolling through Manitoba or from Manitoba through Calgary right now that are from Australia that were visiting. They were here over wow. the weekend, so they're sort of top of mind. So it's uh, that's really exciting, and yeah, I think it, I think it's fascinating that uh, that far away people can be having the same sort of experience when they hear your sound. Exactly. It makes sense to them. We were talking about this a little bit before you got on. So where we're from here in Calgary and in, in, in Alberta and Canada, we have uh, like, a, like a ranch tradition is, is where our country music comes from here. So it sounds different than yours. And we're not musicians, so we don't really know how, how sound evolves like that. And we were curious how, how that Appalachian sound comes together for you and, and you know, where, where your influences are. Okay. Is it, is it Appalachian or app, you said it? Appalachian. Appalachian. Oh, okay. It's, it's, is that uh, how it's, that's how it's proper pronounced Appalachian? It's Appalachia, uh, Appalachian, you know, but we, if you're from here, we, you know, it's, it's Appalachia, the Appalachian mountains, you know, that's, that's the way we say it. But there's a saying, it says, if you call it Appalachian, we'll throw an Appalachia. <laughs> <laughs> that was good okay oh. i like it but any no you can say it however you want to say it it's kind of everybody says it a little different but i don't know just uh 
our, growing up, our, we come from a long line of music in the Davison family. Our ancestors were all old mountain fiddlers, and our grandparents played at the square dances and all that. And then my dad's generation, him and his brothers and sisters, kind of were the first guitar players and learned how to play like electric guitars and acoustic guitars and piano and all that. And kind of it kind of started going into the bluegrassy thing, and then into the from the bluegrass thing to the country thing and my dad still had a little rock and roll side to him like his younger brother our uncle pete we grew up playing and with dad and his brother pete they were kind of like the original davison brothers when we were kids <laughs> but uncle cool. pete liked he he loved like the top 40 country and the old country from hank senior my dad loved old eric clapton to bob Seger. so on friday nights we would go out with uncle pete and get to play all the country music and then on saturday night we'd go be the band for dad and play all the classic rock and blues and all that so we kind of got a taste of both worlds of that but we always had that old i don't know hillbilly folky bluegrassy thing from the farm like when we were growing up as little kids half the town would come to our family farm on a saturday and sunday and sometimes they'd stay for two or three days and cook a bunch of food and have a big fire and there were just people playing music all over the place from the porch to the fire and just everybody could sing and play everybody had a guitar or a banjo or a mandolin or a fiddle or any and it was just we just grew up in music's always been a huge part of the davison family life here where we're at and, uh, a lot of our music it's still handed down to us you know the traditional songs and the music come from the coal mines that up the hollow we our family founded the town that we live in the 1700s we still have an original farm that uh come from the original piece of property that our whole family's buried on since the 1700s but a lot of uh, our music come down handed through the coal miners coming from the city to work in the mines out next to our farm and on the lunch break they would come out of the mines and eat their lunch and pick and play for an hour during their lunch break and our uh, neighbors it was one old man he was a banjo player he would he worked in the mines with these guys from the city because they didn't you know that was the only access to music really we had out there was what the city guys were coming with to the mines where they was getting music in the city but a lot of these old traditional songs that we still have in our set list today you know it's like the telephone thing you know somebody says this somebody says that some of the lyrics have changed you know from the traditional ways but it would come out of the mines then to the neighbor then a neighbor would teach it to our uh, grandfather and our dad and uncles and then as kids we'd get it you know and the lyrics are different here and there and we still do some of these songs in the set and they'll be like where'd that lyric come from we're like we don't know yeah you know, by the time it got to us it wasn't <laughs> even the right lyrics but we made it our, we made it us and made it work so. handed down that you know over 100 years things change a little bit it's pretty neat just different areas i think a lot of that music comes from different areas like guys coming to work out there in the country where where totally. our farm was at in that coal mine I think Do you most think you'll of ever hear family... one of your songs back to you a different way? What's that? Do you think you'll ever hear one of your own songs back <laughs> yeah, to you? Yeah, we do. Way? There's kids. Uh, I, I've, we've heard a few. <laughs> there's kids oh, around excellent. here. You know, it's still secluded up where we live, you know, and we get videos, these little bars and pubs and stuff around the area that, you know, these little young guys will be playing our music in the bars and stuff, <laughs> and it's slightly different, you know. They'll do their own little <laughs> <best> to it. <laughs> Yeah, a lot of those songs growing up, like we would play and like in our first, 
when we had our first gigs, like playing down at the hotel on Monday nights or whatever, our, as kids, a lot of those songs that we thought like our grandfather and the neighbor guy, the old guy down the road might've wrote those songs. But later on, we found out those were old traditional songs that had come from miles and miles away and just got twisted a little bit or the lyrics changed a little bit. And huh. It's wow. pretty neat. Pretty neat how, how music Similar travels. to the ranch like life. You know, you guys, the, the, the cowboy, yeah. we call it, you know, old cowboy songs and stuff, you know, but it's a similar thing, just mountain, you know, versus the ranch life. But a lot of the music's still here. There's, we just, not too, too long ago, you know, we had a 90 year old fiddler that would come open shows for us. And it was just amazing amount of knowledge. <laughs> this guy he played thousands of old fiddle songs. Oh, He'd man. have a young guy back at him on guitar and, got to the point where they was almost wheelchairing him out to open, you know, for we'd have a thousand kids in these clubs, young kids, and this 90-year-old fiddler would come out and just blow the roof off. Never, never miss the lick. Like, <laughs> burn it up, man. Just burn that fiddle up. But I don't know. I think here in these, in Appalachia, like this up in the mountains and everything, um, kind of like your ranch style out there, too, that we're, we're secluded here a lot. We're, we don't have any major city here in West Virginia or, we don't have any big NFL ball teams or major league teams or right. anything like that. So music as far back as I can remember. And, and as far back as my dad and my uncles, they've always told it like it was just a, it just always brought happiness. Like there, there wasn't a whole lot to do. So everybody, it seemed like could play a guitar or sing you a song or entertain you in some way like that. Oh, so wow. that's kind of how still we write up. songs together. Do you make music together, like uh, in person, jamming together with other musicians? Is that how you write songs today? We yeah, do. both. We we do both. I'm, every now and then, I'll write one by myself. He'll write one by himself. Me and him, my brother and I, write ninety percent. We write a lot going down the road in the bus, or we, one of us gets an idea, we'll call the other one and be like, "Hey, man, put this, write this down, or sing me a melody." This, but and hmm. and then in Nashville, we write a lot in in the writers rooms we we have a pub deal we we write for a publishing company and we get to we get to go sit down in rooms with two or three other guys or one other guy or we do a lot of that we we write oh, with wow. a lot of we've got a handful couple handfuls of good friends that we've written with for years and and we all kind of get what we're about and what we're writing about and true to ourselves and try to you try to write with try to write with guys that know a lot about you or, or you know a lot about oh. them or and it's it's fun. It's it's always fun to get in a room with a couple other creative minds and brains and and ideas and the outside writers that we do. You know, we've got four nephews. Donnie's got a boy that's out touring right now and playing and writing. And, but uh, we we write as a family. There's you know, there's four nephews. My dad still our dad still tours two hundred days a year, but he's not so much of a writer as we are. But our, uh, my nephews and Donnie's boy are, you know, they've grown up and been on stage with us since they was three years old. Now they're in their twenties wow. and they're just as powerful writers, if not better than us. And they've been along the whole ride and they've got, you know, this little modern new twist they're putting on things. And we kind of keep it all tight in the family as much as possible. Then, uh, we go to Nashville and get with a handful of writers down there that just add to it what we do and most of the writers we work with have been on, out on tour with us and have been to our homes and been through west virginia and spent you know they'll come open shows and do a week run with us and have for years and 
So they kind of know us and know our environment, know what we're about, and know our whole family and our farm, and they know that lifestyle. So we they they know how to stay true to that. And some of these writers we write with, you know, they do this every day, and it's like anything else. If you do something every day, we we perform live every day, and second, you know, we write and. But they, they, it's a craft, you know, they're just lyricist guys that just have magic with words. And, you know, and it, it really, they pull pull things out of us that we normally, you know, it gets us out of our box a little bit. So we mm. use it as a tool yeah. and they know that and they kind of use us as a tool to get their ideas out to an act that can go, you know, not only record it, but perform it live. And, and it, it's just always evolving. We're always trying to better ourselves and become better that's that's unique to you guys because like you know joe walsh uh from from the eagles i remember him saying that one of the things he was worried about was that people didn't make music together anymore like they weren't in a room together making it but it sounds like that's the only way you guys do it that's yeah that's that's the the way that's we love it like that it's that's how we record too we we record as a band you know a lot of people go in and you know we still overdub but our core of our recording sessions are just our band live. And then right. once we get that, we'll add to it, you know, but we still record live as, as we would on stage pretty much. And that writing, like, like I love to write. We, we pretty much never stop writing. Every time somebody says something, I'm right. We're, we're always writing, but, and it's good to go get with other people because I feel like sometimes we've, we've wrote that we've written that man. Like, yeah, let's, you, you kind of get into, in a rut sometimes or it gets a little stale. So it's always nice to bring something fresh in like that. And it's totally. fun. Like this new record, like we, my brother had a genius idea and like brought, brought two different worlds together. Like the jam band, the, 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 most awesome bluegrass most awesome musicians like pickers and singers and in the world like these jam band guys that we've known our whole life they were our heroes growing up and then we get started getting to share the stage and open for them and all that but we've always had this plan and then one day he was like man let's take these jam band pickers these great pickers and introduce them to all of our great writers in nashville these guys that just write hit songs. That's all they do is write a lot of those. A lot of the big writers, they don't tour real hard. They 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 write for mm-hmm. that that's their knack. That's what they do. So we went to we went to a lodge in South Carolina and spent a few days together with the jam band greats and the writing greats from Nashville and it it happened. Like we were wow. the songs and just it it was so much fun too. It's just like the, the the bluegrass jam band guys just started picking pretty much. That's how it happened. It took a few hours after we all got settled in, but when the instruments come out, then all those those writers we had with us, like White Durrett and Adam Hood and Channing Wilson, Rob Snake, these these guys just they're 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 phenomenal the way their brains work. But as soon as they and they'd never got to write the the jam band guys had never done anything like that. We'd never done anything. Those writers had never done anything like that. So it was like the first time. I don't know if anybody's ever done that before, but my wow. brother Chris kind of put all that together and organized it, and it worked. It was we come out of there with a bunch of good songs. Well, a bunch of the songs <laughs> on the record. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic! And I actually wanted to like jam, and once we got in with it, man, it was just like, and we made the record like that too. We went in there with Fergie and Brent, and we just pretty much set up and started playing, and it was like 
oh, we're done, man. It was just one of those things. Like it was so <laughs> much fun. You didn't want it to end. It wasn't like sitting there and, and tracking and tracking and singing <laughs> over top of this and everything. It was fun, man. We did it like the right way, like having <laughs> fun, sitting there picking and singing and why Fergie's capturing it. That's awesome. I actually wanted to talk to you a little bit about the singles um, and kind of tying to what you're just saying here and how the album was made. Um, first of all, I do, we do usually ask one question of our guests. Are you guys, uh, are you guys partaking in any beverages this evening? <laughs> we normally do, but we got to leave for Nashville bright and early and it's about a 10 Believe me, I've it. seen you take a drink and I, I, I got a little thirsty. Just killing the inside. Yeah. What we call uh, pop down here in the hills. A, a soda pop. Oh. Hey, yeah, we yeah. call it pop too, and everyone yeah. else calls it soda. And yeah. we're like, no, that's wrong. Yeah, all right. I'm glad you guys call it pop. Yeah, it's pop. And, and a lot of places okay. we get we're like, what, what, do you, what is pop? Yeah, like, Texans really get real, real mad about that. Texans don't like that at all for yeah. some reason. It's yeah. soda. It's no, we got it's a lot so of moonshine. I've, I've got a cabinet in here. The the shelves are about to break. Our fans bring us moonshine out of these hills up here and uh, load us down. I'm always trying to get rid of them. Ship it our way. Uh, ship it up north. I'll, I'll <laughs> ship myself it. down there. We got a uh, friend up on the mountain. That it's illegal. You know, they they got a license, but they they get this mountain water. It comes off the highest point in West Virginia down here in uh, they use that water to make some of this this booze around here and it just it's so good it's yeah insane. some of that moonshine <laughs> you have to watch like i used to be able to drink that moonshine pretty good and then a glass full put you down one night i took like three sips like halfway through the set and <laughs> i barely got through the last song it was like that <laughs> <laughs> old jello legs so some of it some of it nowadays it'll it'll knock you down is that That's... a box can i see behind you there it is, yeah. It's actually a, an elk skin, yeah. It's an elk skin? Yeah. Pull that one over there. We, we've got the same thing right here. Mm. I just I think that's a white tail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. So that was uh, that was from my first elk that I shot. I shot it with Darren. Oh, wow. And uh, I found a guy that could tan it up for us. And um, Looks like he did a good job on it. It looks soft. It is. It's a beautiful it hide. It's uh, weird. Planned on doing something with it, like uh, gloves or, or moccasins or something. But it's so nice, just as a big piece that uh, underwear <laughs> <laughs> with a jar of moonshine. There you go, running through the woods. <laughs> Does it have the bullet hole in it? Uh, I couldn't find it. I think it was yeah. uh, it was trimmed off. It's it was probably such a good still shot. cold up there, is it? Pardon? What's that? I was just saying, it was such Matt did such a good. It was such a good shot, like it just uh, yeah. went right, right through the head, yeah. right through it the was eye, right behind the ear. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Now, I, it yeah. is it's cold up it's, here. The weather, are you guys still really cold and snowy up there? We, uh, we, uh, by just your broken. standards, it's pretty cold, but by our standards, it's t-shirt weather now. Oh, I think yeah. we hit seventeen degrees Celsius, which I don't know what it is in it's, uh, it's 50, high sixties. High sixties, yeah. sure. Is it? I thought oh, it was that's not bad. There. No, yeah, it's yeah. not. It was nice. Yeah. So it's it's the spring's breaking then. It's springtime. It is. There's yeah. buds so, on stuff outside. Yeah, runoff is starting to happen. We I always I wanted to come up there and do some pike fishing, and and uh, you guys got like the best northern pike. We don't mm. have very many northern pike around where we're at here. 
you know, yeah. I got I got buddies yeah. that come up your way and catch them big enough to eat you, man, like giants. Yeah. Our yeah, whole, 20, uh, we've got, 20, 30 pounds. Yeah, we've got a whole team of uh, our publishing company in Nashville. They're all from Canada, so that's pretty unique. We work with a, 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 a there's a whole bunch, you know, the whole entire team and staff. I think originally out of Canada. So. Oh, awesome. yeah, yeah, awesome. I wanted to ask There's you a about direct your flight between here and Nashville, and uh, it's always full. There's like more connections between our two cities than uh, than you might realize. Sometimes, like we, you know, the the big concert that we have here at our Stampede is called Nashville North. I mean, it's a pale comparison to the music scene in Nashville, of course. It's but... disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it is, but it's fun as hell. But it's fun as hell. We we've yeah. done a few we've done a few runs with the. Uh... Um, back in the day, we used to do the road hammers. Yeah, you guys remember the oh, road yeah. hammers? They were mm-hmm. they were a good. Group, yeah, they're from but, our uh, neck of the woods. They're from Cochrane, out near Cochrane. Yeah, High Valley. Oh, you know yeah. the High Valley boys, and uh, yeah, High Valley used to tell us about touring up there. They they try to explain to us where we've just been knowing we're road warriors. You know, we we tour fifty one weeks a year down here and all over the country. You know, and all over the world now, but. We used to do a lot of it driving ourselves in vans and sprinter vans. Now we've got a tour bus, a little easier on us. But uh, we used to talk and try to, you know, yeah, brag a little bit about the driving, the mileage, and they like you have no idea what it's like to tour Canada. <laughs> like you tour, you oh, drive yeah. 14, 16 hours, and you're halfway to yeah, the, everything's so yeah. much further apart. Yeah. It is. Yeah, there's some broad spots of nothing through Saskatchewan too, where. You're like maybe there isn't more towns at a certain point. <laughs> yeah, like, like, no gas like, do I need to turn around? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. I know that. I know the white tail, the deer there are gigantic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're scared of everything though. Terrified, running constantly away from everything. Yeah. They're really. Are, are they skittish okay. down where you guys are? Yeah, yeah. They're they're a hard animal to hunt. They uh. Okay very smart and and most of the places we can get up the mountains or mountains you know where they don't see any kind of you know you might be the only human they've ever saw they're a little little more tame mm. i guess but what uh, our, what our deer our deer are about half the size of your deer though they're so much smaller really For body right yeah but bo- the, body, the, body the, size weight 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 size oh i didn't know that the yeah. the northern Saskatchewan deer are some of the the largest white-tailed deer in the world. Yeah, like it, like if a deer gets a hundred, a hundred and ten pounds on our farm, that's a gigantic deer. You guys have three hundred pound deer. Yeah, there, so. yeah, yeah. Up there is nuts. But Donnie, I was googling you because <laughs> that's that what thing? you do now it's 2023 it's not weird to google people i guess anymore. yeah that's, that's, that's just uh, what we do it's not like uh my, the, the shower not. cam i installed in your house came on and i noticed <laughs> that uh, <laughs> i mean Bravo, it, it will come on but that's that's not where the story's going um there's a couple pictures up there um we've got a pretty nice looking i think you call them eight pointers up here they'd be like a four by four yeah, uh, whitetail, and they look like pretty. Well, those, those are exceptional. Those are I. I had to. It took a long time to get those. Actually, that one was a ten point this season, past season. So a five by five up there by you. Yeah. Where you're, 
Yeah, and then you're right, eight point and a ten point. But the five point or the ten point was a five year old deer. I've been watching that deer for five years. I've got cameras and everything up on the farm, and mm. uh, <clears throat> I just got lucky. I got that he was chasing a doe. He messed up. The only you know how they always say that old Bucky's he didn't get that big by being stupid. Well, there's only one thing out there to make him stupid, and I just happened to be in that woods that day when yeah. he come out there being stupid so not true for all of us I, but but it's it was a it was a blessing and a lot of weight off because i haven't got to get a deer i haven't shot a deer for the last four or five years so it, i was due this year i guess are you a are you a rifle or a, a bow guy a bow uh-huh. we I, I rifle hunt a little bit too when i was younger I, I did a lot of rifle hunting but the i don't know i just i love to bow hunt i like the I like to shoot a bow and it's a little more, it's a little tougher. It's, it's a little more intense and a little, I guess the competition is a little, you got to get him in a lot closer. Yeah. But I like any kind of hunting and fishing. I just like being out there in the woods and, and doing it. I, yeah. So you, I, you, you keep making reference to your farm. So how big is the farm when we're talking the farm? 144 acres is uh, our, All right. our farm. It's just and a little, just a little hills, and it's got it's just one big holler, pretty much, with a big ridge around it. And, and how, then, but, how big but, was it in the 1700s when your family? It was forty thousand acres. It was half the. It holy was huge. Our, uh, holy shit! Only only forty thousand. Uh, oh, Major holy. Daniel Davison. If you Google uh, Harrison County, Virginia, Major Daniel Davison, you get our background. He he and his brothers. Uh, we're in the New Jersey area, and he was a major in the Revolutionary War. They, for his war efforts, they awarded him 400 acres. And the state of West Virginia at the time was still Virginia. So here he wagoned his 10 siblings and uh, some other folks down here to claim his uh, property. And when he got here, it was still wild and unsettled. And it was, uh, you know, natives, and they, they built a fort in our town and went on to uh, build, donated the land for the courthouse. And then uh, mm-hmm. he built a saloon. Had with, the first saloon. With, and uh, yeah. he went on. <laughs> Good figure. And a hotel. Then he went on to sell lamp oil and cut all the roads through West Virginia and become a pretty wealthy man. And uh, the, the oil at the time, you know, it was, you know, it was like the lamp oil was equivalent to electricity, you know, today. So, so he did pretty well and uh, ended up acquiring 40,000 acres and that's since whittled down and uh, we've got one of the last pieces and it just so happened to be, we got it back in our family in the forties. My grandfather bought it and the piece we bought connects to one of our old family cemeteries that our whole Davis oh, wow. family's pretty much buried in since the 1700s, mm-hmm. which is pretty amazing to us. We, we take a lot of pride in it. It's a neat place. Yeah. And, and getting back to that, you were asking like hunting wise and fishing and all that there, we have 140 acres there, but everybody in that whole area up that holler for us for miles and in any direction, we can pretty much hunt fish, ride the four. Sure. What it, yeah. we, it's family or friends of family. And it, it's, it's someday, someday when all this slows down, that's where I'll be till, till um, we, yeah. we call them farms down here, but they're not what you guys would, call a farm we we farm enough cattle to get beef yeah, for the family yeah we do too we, 10 we head of cattle actually. 
just just and to keep the family fed and keep the farm clean. Chickens or so, yeah. and you know, and every now and then we used to have some pigs that we would raise. And we grow great big horses. gardens. We we my family's gardeners that my grandfather. Oh, nice. grew. But I mean, with all them kids, you had to grow a big garden back then. But but my dad and my uncles and my aunts, they're they're all still living and they all still grow great big gardens and and they can everything. I mean, they from from their own salsa to their green beans to their yep. corn to their potatoes to I mean, it, it's awesome the way they and and they give half the town their canned foods too. I mean, it's kind of like it's kind of like the the community garden out by my mom and dad's house and out by the farm and Uncle Pete's and yeah, yeah. everybody knows they can stop by and get what they want out of the garden. It's just a a friendly country simple thing you know what that's, i mean like that's awesome that's so that, the way it should be i think so that farm you're on then it's been in your family since before west virginia was its own yeah, state. <laughs> yeah. that is yeah that's some yellowstone shit yeah yeah then uh, uh we had a an old uh see we've dated it back we was all mountain fiddlers and the town, which was is now Clarksburg, West Virginia, in Harrison County, West Virginia, which uh, they've got a cemetery where Major Daniel Davison is buried. And uh, it's random that you're asking this because the lady that owns a cemetery or keeps up with the cemetery, it's called the Daughters of Daniel Davison. This has been, I didn't realize for like over 100 years, they have did the upkeep on the cemetery in, in town where he's actually buried. They just reached out to us today to play a show to help keep up with the cemetery and stuff like that. And uh, oh, pretty awesome. amazing. She was telling me how they've kept up on things over the years and pretty wild. It's, you can date back that far. Then that town was a, it ended up becoming a railroad town kind of. So that's our dad's side, the Davis. And then our mother's side was Italian immigrants that would come in to work the coal mines and get off at the, you know, off the trains there. And that's my, our grandmother was full blooded Italian. And there's a whole Italian community where we live in these mountains here. That <laughs> nobody would ever think that, you know, it's, you can walk through this town still to the day and it's all this Italian bakery and you just smell so good. And, uh, <laughs> we were raised with that, Wonderful. you know, having an Italian, full blooded Italian grandma as well. But oh, wow. That's uh, also where uh, the music kind of started and we we've kind of traced it back that far when the bno railroad come out of clarksburg they was looking for people to help build it going claire to uh chicago to build a railroad and they hired uh one of our great great ancestors and he was uh just a working man and the first or second day uh, it's documented that he got out on the job and uh started playing he took his fiddle with him and started playing the fiddle so they caught on to that and noticed that it was speeding up the production of the rail track getting laid down. So they hired him to walk from Clarksburg, West Virginia, playing the fiddle to Chicago because he sped up production. No shit. Music being played. And uh, we had that old fiddle. One of our great uncles. He, he was awesome. Play. He was like the historian of the family. I've still got boxes full of all this history. Like he, he every newspaper article, everything. His name was Harold Junior Davison. He was a great fiddler too, but he kept every piece of history, every piece of literature, and we've got all that. So wow. he like he's the one that founded the Daniel D thing downtown Clarksburg, and him and my dad and uncles they put a big monument there and all that. But 
but it was awesome having him around. He's not with us any longer, but he kept everybody informed of all that history and all those, and we've got all those articles. So our uh, music, we've traced it back to at least, you know, seven, eight generations. And uh, we've got, there's uh, three generations of us touring right now with our dad and nephews and us. That's incredible. That's that's incredible. It is. Um, going, Going back to kind of like that, you know, Appalachian. Did I say it right? Yes, yeah. you did. I think you've got it. <laughs> Appalachian. Just think Appalachia coming at you. Appalachia <laughs> coming at you from Canada, eh? <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, like like you said, like the history of the area is very deeply rooted in, in coal mining. And I mean, you look at, you know, you guys have, you know, at least one coal mining song. Um, I'm going to get this right. Darkest Dungeon. That's yes. it. Yeah. That's it. I mean, like, Corblun's got coal mining song. There's Never Leave Harlan Alive. You yeah, know, Never Leave yeah. Harlan Alive, which is, like, fucking awesome. That, what a great song, man. Gets. That's Daryl Scott right that, there. That song yeah. gives me cold chills right there. <laughs> Would you say that then, like, coal mining almost has, like, this sort of root, not just in the Appalachian music, but all throughout country yeah you know yeah. from down there all the way up to like our plains yeah. and and cattle australia, herds up here apparently. and australia yeah and it's almost got its own like vibe like its own genre when somebody sings a coal mining song no matter where they're from or what yeah. what country what that coal That's mining true. something about it i don't know if it's just like a sad ballady thing because of what mm. the coal mines are all about but Every coal mining song I hear, that it's like in it's it's in the same box. It's in the same genre. Yep. It's pretty amazing. Like something can do that. I've got a soft spot. Like you for can't really sing song. an upbeat, fun, fast coal mining song. It's good. You got a what? This is, I, said, oh, I agree. You can't. Uh, no, I've got a soft spot for coal mining songs. Yeah. yeah. Me yeah. too. I'm the same way. Chris Knight. Chris Knight's a Kentucky boy, and he's he's a great writer and a great singer songwriter. And, He's got some really good coal mining songs. That is oh, pretty amazing that there's a there's like this new wave of musicians coming out of Appalachian. There's a lot of young kids, you know, since Tyler Childers kind of opened some doors for some of these these kids and, and all these social media outlets and stuff. And it's amazing that, you know, these 17, 18 year old guys and girls are singing these songs about the coal mines and handing mm-hmm. out. Somebody called a friend of ours, Sierra Farrell, which is, uh, she's from West Virginia. She's kind of blowing up in the music world now. She's got her own little thing going on, but they called her the coal miner's granddaughter. And I was like, that's pretty wild. You know? Yeah. Wow. Coal miner's daughter. You know, that's, oh, that's nah, it's, uh, it's, if you, when we grew up coming up, you, and where we're at here, it's straight up and down when you walk out your door you know it's there's very little level ground there's just yeah not much you it's hard to farm because there's just a rock every step you know and your Mm -hmm. options back when we was coming up and our dad when he was younger was you know either be a coal miner or work in a glass plant maybe you know we had a couple glass factories around here coal mining was about the only thing left for any to make a decent living and and we always had respect because uh that's work. They, them them yeah. boys and girls are good down underground and, and mine coal, buddy. That's work. Like, and uh, 
you know, it was, it was a tough, you know, cause we had to look at that, you know, if it wasn't for us being gifted with the talent that we have, you know, that we, we may have had to be. Most of my mine. buddies, as soon as you get out of school, our friends, they went in the coal mines. Like yeah. some of them quit, some of them didn't even finish schools. All They went, they had to go make money for their family. Yeah. And they, they went to school, they went to work without finishing school. So it was we cold just filmed, we filmed that video, The Dark is a Dungeon, and uh, we found an old low coal mine. And 30, 34-inch really seam. Yeah, it, it was scary. It really woke us up. We we took our camera crew down. A friend of mine let us in the mine. He owned the mines, and there were still some uh, little parts there that took them back in, and they was charged. They had, they had, the mine hadn't been open in years, but these little buggies still had some juice on them, and <laughs> he offered uh, the camera guy us to go back in this low coal. I'm, I'm talking, talking you're this talking high. this high, and you you're you're like this with the ceiling. The going darkest on your back. The darkest dark. My hat, the bill of my hat was dragging on the ceiling going. And oh my and I said, Jesus Christ. if this thing runs out of a <clears throat> juice back in there, a mile back in, how do you get out? He said, you got to crawl, belly crawl out. <laughs> And we went in, and uh, I I didn't go as far as the camera guy, but the camera guy went probably a mile back in with nothing. And just a little flash the guy that was driving mine, he was like, well, we can turn around about another 500 yards up there. We can turn around now. And I said, let's go ahead and turn this thing around now. <laughs> But anyway. I, I got I got a little bit freaked out when we got back in there. You can't see nothing. I mean, it's as dark as dark can be. Yeah. And it gives you uh, another level of yeah. respect. I've been in a few gold mines, but nothing. I asked that guy. I said, "Well, what happens if you gotta if you gotta use the bathroom or something in here?" He said, "You just roll over on your side." I mean, those guys are laying on their bellies digging coal. Sixteen-hour days like that in there. That's way day. down in the most southern part of West Virginia. You can get down to Mingo County, McDowell County, Logan, Boone. It's like it's like a whole nother. It's it's like a whole nother world down there. Oh my they God. all coal mine. That's all they have is coal mines. There's some old pictures. Uh, a friend of ours that's got of his family hanging on the wall. They was all old miners and stuff, and they had uh, these oxes and mules that stayed underground i kept looking at these pictures at their eyes and he said yeah they've never seen daylight so they're blind they've never they've been in dark their entire lives so they never have developed uh their eyesights would go and they would be blind their whole life just living underground there's underground streams in there and 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 little pools of water and everything that has like crawl dads i don't know if you guys call them crawl dads crawl crabs uh they're they're white. They the the shell of them's white, and the fish are all white looking in there, and nothing can see. I mean, they they've been in a dark. The only way you see them is with the lights. So yeah, they've never we, seen we any kind of light. In the eastern part of Canada, um, in the in the Canadian Shield and in Ontario, is the only place where we have like formations like that that I'm aware of. But yeah, I've seen pictures of that. It's really weird, actually. It's pretty. See. It was pretty wild for us. I was writing with uh, the Gibson brothers or a bluegrass. Man, they they live in New York, right on the Canadian. They can see Canada from their farm up there, and they was they was wanting to write because they was writing with us, you know, some coal mining songs. And they they live near somebody that mined or something, and uh, we was trying to tell them some lyrics and stuff. And I was telling them about the uh, the birds, the canaries. Uh, they would send back in these mines in a cage. They would they would uh, rope it back in. 
And if that bird come back dead, that means there was a gas back in there. And right. It was a dangerous place. They they just thought that was crazy thing I ever heard. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm surprised they use like birds and not like you know. You know the cousin you don't like, or like mother mother in law. I knew you were going to like nobody'd ever find you again. Anyway, hey Jimmy, why don't you send your wife in there? Yeah, wait, wait a minute. Uh. it's a lot of work to dig a hole that big. We used to hunt hounds at night, and uh, on our certain parts of our county, we would get on these top of these ridges and hunt. And there was just one place that. We'd always have to, if we had somebody with us wasn't used to hunting that area, dark, you know, back in the day, we'd hunt with mining lights before they had all this technology and charge these little headlamps and stuff. You'd have actually a coal miner's light going out at night and pack would die, you know, in two or three hours. So you'd carry two of these heavy things up in the woods and barely use it unless you had to. And uh, oh, wow. there were spots where we had some mining accidents back here where the, the, the mines would blow up and these uh mine shafts you could drop something down there and it's probably a mile before you know it, it if you fell mm-hmm. in these holes you you just be gone there's no there there's still a lot there. of those holes around this our area too that they tried mm-hmm. to fence off a lot of them but there's still a lot of there's still a lot of places people can be back in there like that so I, can you imagine just the pile of bones that could be in the bottom of any one of those from just yeah people yeah, you, just, you never know wow uh i do have a question about your music um going back a bit you said because you know this record you guys did very collaboratively it sounds like um so you, two of the singles you've released mountain high and eastern kentucky um both fantastic I had right. Mountain High it was like an earworm. Right. It was stuck in my head for like <laughs> five days. Yeah. Um, but they're vastly different sounds, I feel, right? Like they've got yeah, not yeah. only just a different feel, but like, 100%. you know, is that is that attributed to just the broadness of like the so. Appalachian style or is that because of the collaborative sort of environment yeah. that you guys had for this album? It was uh, kind of maybe b- both. Uh, we we worked with a very, uh, I guess, experienced and talented producer on this this project, and we we went into it wanting to kind of show where we come from, where we are, and where we're heading, all in one record, and also pay a tribute to home in Appalachia. And you know, we we'd wrote fifty some songs and turned in to our producers, which you know is kind of what you do, maybe not send that many songs in a normal project. You might send 20 in and <laughs> yeah, pick 10 or 12 that, you know, stick out. But we'd wrote so many songs from the COVID shutdown and just, mm-hmm. just being, you know, we, we just got in this very creative spot. First time in our lives, we were not touring on the road 51 weeks mm-hmm. a year. And uh, when COVID hit, it just stopped everybody in their tracks and, First thing we did is run for the first time ever to our mountains and got the trout fish and morel hunt. It was in the spring when the shutdown happened and the brown trout were biting. The the morels were popping up. We got these ramps. I don't know if you ever heard of a mountain ramp down here, but it's like a wild onion garlic mix. Delicious. And they but, grow wild all over these hills. But they only grow huh. for about a month or two out of the year. And 
you know, the old natives and the old timers, they believe in these mountains that every spring you eat and kind of just indulge yourself in this ramp and it cleans your body out. It's a spring cleaning. It cleans your blood, which is very medicinal thing. So we hunted the ramps and it was turkey season, but about a month and a half after doing all that, you know, being road guys, we start, man, we're missing this music. You know, we, we waited our whole life to be able to get in the woods for that long. But after being in the woods, you, you know, it was kind of like, I'm ready to go back making some music. So we just had all these ideas from the downtime and the, the creative. It just, it was kind of a blessing. These songs just started falling out everywhere. We'd wrote and wrote and wrote and then uh, turned in all these 50 some songs and our producers got them. And, you know, we've been looking at them like this and they was kind of up here looking down there. Like, I don't know if you guys realize or not, but about 90% of what you, you, you've sent us is, home about home appalachia west virginia trying to get home and the one producer uh brent cobb which is just a legendary songwriter and artist he's uh, he's out on tour a stadium tour with luke combs right now but uh oh, nice. he uh he said can i name this record uh, or help name it and i said yeah what you got and he said home is where the heart is and he said you guys are just you're it's coming out of you whether you know it or not you know you're missing home you want to get home uh you're bragging about your home and i said yeah that's that's great and we stuck with that and uh just during that recording process i guess getting to what you're you're saying that you know we're uh there's a lot of influences in us what we do live if you see our live show it's you know we 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 are country music we're country people but there it's a lot more than that we have a such a variety of wide background of history of what we grew up on you know we we was those kids into the southern rock the leonard skinner the almond brothers and you know the willie nelson and stuff and we was always edgy and we we jam we don't pay attention to these rules where a song's supposed to be three four minutes you know we we may do a 12 minute guitar solo in our set you know so <laughs> yeah, yeah old that. 12 minute guitar solo but i think like that like Mountain High, that first one, when we released that first single, it was the closest, in my opinion, and, and I've, I've, I've been on it for so long with this record and everything, I may be a little bit off, but I think it sounded closer to what the Davison Brothers had put out before. You know how, like, I don't know if you guys went back to, like, the Jesse James and all yep. that. that. That was kind of like the Davison Brothers sound, that upbeat, thing and energy and all that so i think mountain high was kind of still a little bit into that and eastern kentucky is far from that but i think the rest of the record is leaning it, it kind of goes like that it's more down into that eastern kentucky sound it's starting the next couple singles kind of kind of follow with that it's kind of hard to explain but do you see what i mean like i think yeah. I think that mountain high was kind of still a little bit like the old, the, the, the previous Davison brothers stuff. So the, the, I think after we start releasing these singles, it's kind of going to fall into place. Like you, you'll get it. Like kind of like a stepping single, stone the single. Yes. Yes. There's like, mm -hmm. there's yeah. something there to it. But, uh, the Eastern Kentucky was definitely, you know, pushing the, the boundaries, and I'm, uh, it's, I'm impressed that you picked up on that, but it's, it shows our guitar, the rock and 
the more edgy rock side of what we do live. And I wanted to have a couple songs on this record that, that showcase that. And, uh, these, the producers that we were working with was the perfect people that, you know, mm-hmm. that could, could get what we was doing and allow that to happen and, and pull that out on in the mix. And it definitely come out. It's, a, it's just a guitar driving, you know, the, the Eastern Kentucky's kind of paying respect to our, our guitar, background and the uh the rock and the mountain rock thing that we do live on stage and i think they they captured it that's awesome um yeah like that eastern kentucky one i could see like yeah it's definitely got that bit more like edge to it like you could i could almost see you guys duetting with like tyler childers on that one yeah yeah it's got that gritty thing i guess it'd be would it be duetting, three editing? I don't know. I don't know what the term is. <laughs> but now you're so, this is some of the first feedback we've got. Yeah, we're. I've, that's. I, I love. I love what you're talking about. We haven't really got anybody's feedback yet. So. Can you uh, just say that again to my wife? I love what you're talking about. <laughs> this is good feedback. <laughs> I'm I'm excited to see what, what what our fans what like what everybody's gonna think of it because it's different it's it's a lot different than what we've we've put out previously and we're always trying to grow you know as artists and that's we we like change and we don't ever want to make two records the same and I, I hope mm-hmm. that, that never changes you know we we like pushing the boundaries and just uh, doing things that are new and trying to go a different place all the time. Yeah, it's kind of like you write about like what the where you're at in life and what's the world around you at the time, you know. So things things change like that every few years, I think, with those records. Yeah, yeah most bands that. though wouldn't wouldn't try to do it in one record, and I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> There's no rules, especially no. with that. We... Um, I know you guys got a Nashville uh, trip tomorrow. But if you have time, we do have a little bit of our episode that we call like Guest to Know You, which is basically just some trivia that we fire your way. Yeah, You can either accept or reject it and tell us to fuck off. (laughs) Fire away. All right. The first one isn't actually trivia, and I think I'm going to know the answer. But if you guys could be a beverage, cocktail or drink or whatever, what would you be and why? (laughs) A beverage. Why? I would probably be a jar of moonshine. <laughs> what flavor of moonshine? Well, my two favorite flavors, apple. I like the apple jack is what we call it. Some people call it apple pie, but mm-hmm. we, we, we've had some, some old friends from back, way back that, that were making that before the moonshine got popular on TV and all that. And I've seen Justified. I've heard about apple pie. And and I like it, yeah. but I also like peach. I, something about that peach moonshine. But you have to be careful with that peach moonshine because you can drink it faster than a beer. It tastes so good. Almost like <laughs> It's almost like Kool-Aid or, or drinking a flavored water. But so like, the next that's, day, that's the next day, moonshine, the peach right? moonshine's hard on you. But like that's pure, pure liquor, right? That's yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. 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 <laughs> After two or three drinks, you're like, well, I'll just, I'll just kill the rest of that jar here. Get another one out. I don't do you know. Guys, what... Do you guys brew your own moonshine, or have you? 
tried? We've got a family <laughs> member that does, and uh, uh, we've got three friends that got legal moonshine license. So we ain't gonna talk about no sacred subject over there. Nope. Nope. <laughs> but uh, we've got a friend that he's his grandma has been making the stuff. I think they've got pictures of her, like actually, like on a freaking bottle or something. Uh, since like the twenties or something, but he's just a guru and it. It's hard. We go get it off of him and it's, it's just hard to drink anybody else's as booze. Cause he's just so good at it. And just, he's got the, the proper stills and stuff. And just, he's got all that old mountain knowledge plus all the modern knowledge. And he just lives it. He can sit there and drink a bottle of it. Not even face. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I drink this every day. I'm like, <laughs> Holy shit. He's oh. just not telling you he's drinking the actual mountain water and he's getting you fucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I drank some one night and my eyes were real fuzzy for like two days. I don't think it was, there was something bad, something too much lead in it or something. Like the next day I couldn't, I was driving down the road and I, it was like 24 hours later and I couldn't read the road signs. I was like, man, what's going on? But I think so. You have to watch what, what all you drink now. So. All right. That's fair. Uh, so Chris, what about, what about you? You moonshine as well? Uh, tequila tequila tequila. he can drink three bottles of tequila don't let him fool you i I like uh our manager he manages a a guy named george Strait as well so uh never heard of him (laughs) he uh they've got uh this tequila down in nashville and i they sell it everywhere but it it comes out of a spigot ice cold they've got a machine it's called codigo and this stuff what like water kind of it's the pure he drinks it like water on a good day they get it out of this little village and uh in south america somewhere this little village they you know they dig up the, the whatever the What's, what's I think it's like a cactus yeah, root or something. And, uh, Gives it the flavor and the juice. And, they, uh, uh, this family, just like they, and on purpose, they wouldn't let them get too corporate and like commercialize it. So this family still digs this stuff up and raises it and uh, brews this tequila. I don't know. It's just so good. And it's almost not like drinking a, a liquor or anything. It's, it's just, it's kind of, I don't know. It's like medicinal or something for you, but it makes you feel it's so good. About 3 a.m. It's like drinking a, a You can liquor. have a couple of drinks of that. And it just does something to you. I'm not sure. I'm not it's very it's good with the tequila. Thing, but, uh, it doesn't agree with me. But now I got also, sick on it one time and I've never liked the taste of it since then. I like Patron too. I like cold, clear tequila. So. Cold, clear tequila. See, there's a song for you. Yeah. Cold there's a machine that spits out cold tequila is the one thing I learned tonight that I will never forget. <laughs> it's like one of them Jägermeister machines. Yeah. Tequila coming out of it. That's incredible. We, we went it'll, through the Jägermeister days too. We used to like to do mood. the old Jäger bombs. You can have a bad day and about two drinks of that, <laughs> your day changes. <laughs> Like Bad it. couple days for me. I can't hardly get over them anymore. I like <laughs> it. Okay, on to the trivia stuff. So we're going to start off with the internet has told me is West Virginia slang. 
So you basically are just going to educate us. Uh, so what is, if someone says uh, you're in a peck of trouble, what does that mean? A bunch of pecks, like a, a, a gathering of, I don't know, like a basket full. Okay. So <laughs> I think that's what we would say. Go get you a peck of them peppers how, out there. How much trouble are you in? If somebody says they're in a peck of, like, is that like handcuffs trouble or is that don't come back trouble or what kind of trouble is that? That's a bunch of trouble. A peck would be like a okay. sack full. So I guess you'd be in a bunch. Bring, oh, bring okay. us a peck of All them right. apples down. Yeah. There's going to be some lights flashing if you're in a peck. I get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's a crick? <laughs> that's how he says it. <laughs> Man, that's one thing we say different. I say creek and he says crick. It's spelled C-R-E-E-K. And we, the, our little town out there is Lost Creek, but it's Lost Creek to him. I don't know. A crick would be C-R-I-C-K or something, but I don't know. A crick, maybe a crick is smaller than a creek. I don't know. I guess it's just the way some folks say it. He says a crick. is a, just a small little stream. It's a. Uh... Probably, it's, I guess it would be about as wide as your car. The the scientific, <laughs> right. the, the real a creek, the way they do it in like regulations for fishing and stuff is a stream too small to navigate by boat. So that's what a creek would be. If you All can't right. get a boat up, it's not a river; it's a creek. So. Fair enough. Uh, and a poke. A poke. A poke. That's a sack. That's a that's a poke. Well, I, got, I got, I got, I got a poke, poke of tobacco, a little sack of tobacco. Uh, hmm. yeah. I, I, I would have totally got that one wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I, that was the one I'm like, the internet's fucked me on this one, but Hey, that's fine. <laughs> okay. Go get you a poke. I guess you could, I don't know. A poke could be a couple of different things. maybe. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Depends on if you're in prison or not. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're going to flip it on you. Guess the Canadian slang. Okay. What is a toque? A toque? No idea. Um, really? Never heard the word. May, I've never heard it neither, but it can't be that hard. A toque. Maybe that is like a toque? Oh, that mm -hmm. that's a very good guess considering where we're from. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a, a beanie. You call it a beanie. It's, oh, you know, okay. Knit and stocking cap. That's yeah. a yeah. we, we call them toboggans, but when we get to Nashville, it's a beanie. No, a toboggan oh. is a sled that you go down. The hill I know, on. but I know, but we call it toboggan. Like what he's, it's crazy, yeah. but yeah. What? Some folks around here call it a beanie, but most of them call really it. We thought toboggan. we were screwed with that trivia one when when he came on and he was wearing one. We were like, well. <laughs> I got he knows. He's wearing a toque. Yeah. Okay. Um, so what's, what's a toboggan a to you? Sorry, I go back to that. What's the toboggan? Well, we ha we have toboggan sleds too, so okay. I know what a toboggan sled is. Oh, but oh, a toboggan, okay. a toboggan. My my mom always said, "Put your toboggan on. It's cold outside." So yeah, <laughs> the toboggan's always been a beanie, I guess. So it's just the context of it that matters. Like, yeah. Let's jump on the toboggan. You know what you're doing. Get your toboggan yeah. on, goddamn. Put your it. toboggan you know on and get on the toboggan. Yeah. I guess you right. hide your toboggan wearing a toboggan. <laughs> Um, okay, the next one, a Mickey. A Mickey? Yeah. Maybe a beer? Close. Oh, that's real close. Yeah, this is an important one, actually. If you're yeah. touring in Canada, you need to know this one. Maybe a Mickey is the way you drink a beer or a toast or a... 
Close. It's one of those like half we have bottles. we have a beer called a Mickey's Wide Mouth, a little green bottle beer, and it's a no. small fat beer with a big mouth on it. No, no, this is a it's a half bottle of liquor, so like not a. It's like a flask. I got yeah, you. Like so a, a Mickey would be a flat, a small, a way to like hide your liquor. Yeah, like so, uh, exactly. you can get them in the stores though. They're like plastic, so you don't oh, okay. break them. But okay, they're, I got they're, you. they're yeah, they're shaped like a flask, but they're. So you would take the, take the Mickey out on the snowmobile or sneak the Mickey into the That's right. football exactly. game or something. Yeah. I got you. Got you got it. You're basically Who brought Canadian. the Mickey? <laughs> Who got the Mickey, eh? Yeah. yeah. Mickey exactly. fireball. Right. Somebody better have brought a Mickey. Well, you yeah. use it correctly, yeah. Donnie. This, <laughs> that's yeah. all of those. You, you've got A figured out. Yeah. Um, and then the last one for Canadian slangs, what's a hoser? A hoser? Oh, that dude's a hoser, man. Yeah. Yep. Um, I've heard it. that. I've I've heard that. What what is a that? Shatter. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good, but it's not. No. Yeah. No. It's basically like you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say, but I couldn't think of the word idiot. Like, yeah. <laughs> it comes yeah, from we were uh, gonna... hockey. It's, <laughs> we it's playing gonna... outdoor hockey with your friends. And if you uh, if your team lost, you had to hose off the ice, so you were a hose. Oh, wow. Yeah, I get that's you. that's where it comes. loser. Yeah, loser. Good, that's it, man. Yeah, which actually ties into the last part of this. Since you guys are musicians, I'm going to give you the name of a song, and you have to tell me which Canadian country artist <laughs> sings it. So playing right off that, the hockey song. <laughs> Is this a country artist or a pop artist? No, no. Country, you don't, you country, don't do pop. Country, country artist. Say the name of it one more time. The hockey song. Sing a little bit of it for me. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just sing a song to, uh, to a couple of musicians. And... It's, a, it's a good old hockey game. It's the a, best game you can an play. An educated guess. Gordon. What, Bram? Who is it? Gordy. That, was, that was good. That was you, uh, Gordon Lightfoot. Would yeah. would have been close, like you're in yeah. the in the neighborhood there. Yeah. Yeah. We did a show with Gordon Lightfoot one time, and it was. I still think about the how oh, wow. cool that was. I got to hang That's, with oh, him man. in a green yeah. room and watch him change his. I'm trying to think of how the hockey song goes. Is it like? Is it old or new? Oh, it's old. 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 Yeah. It's a it, yeah. It's like. Oh fuck! You're gonna make me do it. It's, it, eh? it's, it's yeah. the good old hockey game. It. We have it's the best it. game you can play. It's the good old hockey game. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I won't sing it. Hockey I, I... game. It's the best game you can name. Scott's got it. Scott's got it. <laughs> it's stomping Tom Connors. Stomping. All right, stomping Tom Connors. Have you heard of stomping Tom? I've heard the name, but I don't okay. know the music. I don't know the. I'm a, but I'll check it out as soon as we're done with this. I'll, Fair uh, enough. I'll learn the hockey song tonight. All right. Uh, I'll switch to an easy one. Any man of mine. Shania Twain. Shania. Yeah. Any man, man, any man. All right. <laughs> we love uh, Shania Twain. Perfect. She picked us uh, to be on a TV show with her uh, a couple, couple years, years ago. ago. She uh, said that oh. she felt that we grew up in similar areas of the world of the mountain oh, wow. life and stuff. So yeah, it was we great. got to hang with her for about a month. Holy shit. <laughs> what what was TV that? show was that? It was uh, Real Country Real on Country the USA on Network. 
Shania was the, she was the host and the it was it was fun, but she's a sweetheart. That's awesome. Wow, that garnered a story which I didn't expect. So <laughs> win here. Okay. Um sleeping Gordon on the foot. blacktop. Sleeping on the blacktop. I don't know. I gotta I gotta study up on my Canadian hits up there. I don't I can give you another one, maybe. We don't have any US hits. <laughs> um <laughs> Maybe there's maybe there's another one by him, you know. Uh, motorcycle, or the devil wears a suit and tie. Oh no, no, no! My nephew says he knows yeah, it over here. Nicholas, Colder Wall, Colder Wall. <laughs> Nicholas coming in. Hey, that guy's the real. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome stuff, man. And then the last one I'll give you is a real Canadian Albertan guy. It's time to switch to whiskey. Because we've been drinking beer all night. Did Phil Billy write that, Phil O'Donnell? No, uh, it's it's this guy. It's a deep cut. You probably... You have to Man, we're up. getting skunked over here. <laughs> we're getting skunked over here. We're we're probably biased because we're forced to listen to like sixty percent Canadian artists up here on the on the radio waves. So, it's uh it's Corb Lund. Corb Lund, yep, we know Corb. So there you go. It's time to switch to whiskey. Been drinking beer all night. Who do we go to Australia with? Gordon uh, Branford. Who's your your country artist? Uh, Paul Brandt. Gordon uh, Brandt. No, uh, Paul stumping us. Just hold on a second. Paul Gordy, Brandt. they call him Gordy. No. Gordon Brantz, Brantz, What's what? Brantford. You're talking about Gord Downey? Uh, no. 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 We got to spend uh, a couple of weeks in Australia with him. Uh, shoot, I'm, I, he, I'm supposed to write a song with him soon, too. Gordon Brantford. I'll think of that. I'll. I'm trying to Google it, but I get Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> Ten trees? Well, you've stumped us at our own game, so I mean, yeah. good for you guys. I, I know who you're talking about. Uh, Gordon Bradford? That's it. That's it. I was yeah, playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, he, yeah he's, okay. We got to Australia, and uh, we both rubbed Copenhagen snuff, and that's not allowed wow. in Australia, so... We, we have to pay a lot of money to get it through customs. And he was over there and he was out. <laughs> He'd been over for like a month and was out. And you know how it is when you ain't got Copenhagen and your nicotine. And uh, we left him a roll of Copenhagen. You thought we'd give him a freaking new truck or something. <laughs> <laughs> if you left a Canadian a roll of Copenhagen, it would be the equivalent of a new truck. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pricey here. Yeah. Now we're supposed to come. We've been talking about it. We've stayed in touch, and uh, hopefully one day he's going to come tour Appalachia with us, and then he wants us to come tour Canada with him and do some mm-hmm. festivals and stuff. So. He's yeah. He's from not very far from us. He's uh, according to this anyway. He's he's from just east of us in Saskatchewan. 
He's uh he's also writes for our publishing company in Nashville, so we're we're supposed to write some with him. So hopefully that happens. We we fell in love with him. He's a good old jolly character and uh, <laughs> cool. met some of his family over in Austria. I think he's got some family from Australia. Actually, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. I got a question on your your creating collaborative efforts. You were talking about earlier in uh, in Nashville where you had a whole bunch of writers in the room and, and pickers and all these other awesome musicians. When you write, is it writing the music, the actual, the sound, or is it the lyrics or I I'm, I'm ignorant to it. So what, that's a good question. That, no, that cause everybody does it different. And, uh, we, we like to, uh, do it different all the time too, but that's a very good question. That particular, right. We had a wide variety of folks, with us uh some of the guys we had with us like the one guy he was the international and the nationwide national banjo uh champion his name's kyle tuttle he was with us on that trip the retreat we went on then we we had a uh bluegrass legend jam grass guy named vince herman with us and these two guys had really not been in the writing community much and so we brought four uh, writers from Nashville with us. And one of the writers from Nashville, his name's Wyatt Durrett. He's wrote, uh, I think, uh, 10 or 11 number one hits for Zach Brown. He wrote chicken fried wow. highway 20. Oh, really? He wrote, uh, Holy. what's the colder, uh, yeah, colder weather. He's colder really, weather, he wrote but, all those, but songs. he's wrote, uh, a lot of these new Luke Combs, big number ones. And, we had uh, some of Luke Combs' writers. We had uh, Rob Snyder and Channing Wilson, which they're artists too, but they, they write a lot for other people. And we had Adam Hood, but the one writer, Wyatt, that's got all these amazing big songs, uh, he plays zero instruments. He writes totally off of vocal melodies. He can't play a guitar or nothing. So and it's always amazing to me that there's a guy out there. That, he's one. He's the only guy that I know that does that, but, he can just he just walks around with a melody in his head all the time and then the lyrics come you know so he's a melody driven guy and i usually personally start with a guitar part and then donnie my brother will come in and put the melody and right, the, lyric the lyrics to it and that's our process but a lot of people do it different all the time but in that situation we would get like a a melody from Wyatt let him start humming something because he's just this amazing natural it's all in his mind he has no nothing with his hands so he uses his mind to come up with these maladies and that there's something very unique about that so when we're with him we'll follow his lead and let him spit this melody out then i'll learn that melody on a guitar then donnie and him will start collaborating on a lyric and just fine-tuning it and then Sometimes, sometimes like my brother will bring a banjo with that. He won't even bring a guitar into the writing room. And there's different things like our buddy Levi Lowry. He writes a lot of hit songs too for a lot of big artists, but Levi plays the fiddle. Sometimes you can start out with just maybe a little banjo melody going and then the lyrics will start hitting me and a vocal melody will hit me. And, and there's something about a fiddle too, because a fiddle is real melodic. So sometimes we'll get like Levi just, I'll just, We'll be like, hey man, just play one of them pretty fiddle melodies, and he'll get going with that fiddle, and then you, it may take a few minutes, and then something will spark in you, and you'll, you'll start writing about like maybe how that fiddle's making you feel right there, and you start writing in that pocket, and then my brother will jump in with the banjo, or I'll grab a guitar and get going with that melody. But 
it's funny and it's hard to explain. That's a great question, but we write up. Hell, you never know how it's going to hit you. Sometimes I wake up out of a dead sleep with a song in my, the entire song, like I'm dreaming it and get up and I'll write it down real quick or sing it in my phone. and, And I've lost a lot of great songs like that. Wake up in the middle of the night and be like, man, I got this whole song. It's awesome. It's, it's a hit song. And I'll, let me sleep another hour and I'll get up and write it down. And then you forget it. You wake up and you're like, man, you don't, you don't yeah, remember yeah. one, one single piece of that. So, it, so it's so crazy. So you sleep thousand dollar bills and I sleep <laughs> bullshit. That's what happens. I <laughs> snore, <laughs> snore them away, man, right out the window. <laughs> I'm waking up with a lobster tail for a penis in my like just terrible dreams like that just awful fucking stuff and you're out there just dreaming up songs that's real nice for you i'm gonna make wow. millions yeah so match drinking a pbr what are you guys drinking in the draft in the glass i got a far pilsner just, see uh, never we've never seen that city. so it's that, local that guy he's local um he started a little brewery just outside town here and he won in his first couple years of brewing the world like world recognition for the beer he makes. Wow. Wow. That's the, all. the the gold cup or whatever they call it is. So he he does really nice stuff. I drink a lot of his his particular yeah. brew. Yeah. And Matt, he has he has his own barley now, right? He grows Wow. Oh, he grows his own to make it. Yeah, that's I've heard of it's that. just one of the beers in their line, I think, that's made with that barley. And that that's it's a special one that they do out there, and it's based off of that first beer that they made, if I understood it correctly, or something like that. But yeah, I remember one time uh, we had a friend that brewed beer, and uh, I was young and didn't realize that uh, beer didn't age like whiskey. <laughs> we got into his old beer, and I was like, "What is this stuff? Mule piss?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I like I like a good I like a good brewed beer. I'm I'm a I'm a beer guy like that. So what are you drinking there? I've got our uh, the 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 Plainsman favorite, just the old Pilsner from from Bradford. Yeah, Gordon Bradford will call that vitamin P. If you say (laughs) to Gordon Bradford, I need a vitamin P. That's what he'll send you. It's the first beer I ever tasted because my dad used to drink it, and I took a sip of it and like fuck that's nasty and, and, then, and now here I am like yeah picking it over bottle kind water. of the same way my dad he always drank like the nastiest cheapest whatever he could be out still there still does out there working in the hay <laughs> it'd be hot never even had a cooler he just put the case right in the bed of the truck and be out there in the hay field putting up hay in july and august and drink that warm beer yeah. i i threw up the first time i drank one it, up and then i like them now old milwaukee and it, it's got uh yeah a fine champagne quality brew a beer on it or something. He'll say, say it right there on the can. That's the finest beer I've made. Yeah. It says it right on the can. You get like 20 of them for four ninety nine or something down at the stop and go. And he's like, and you take him somewhere like the fancy place or something. He's real old fashioned anyway. And like you try to buy him a good beer and he can't even drink it. He's like, oh my gosh. That's the worst beer I ever drank, boys. And I'm like, man, you don't even know what a good beer is. So he went to Nashville with us and bought everybody around a shot. Uh, it ain't been but a couple of years ago. He came and said, "You believe that shit was seventeen dollars a shot?" And I said, "Yeah, you buy a whole goddamn bottle of that." Bread. 
So I don't know what it's like in Australia, but if you guys ever come up and tour Canada, which you should, and give us a call if you do. But you're going to have a fucking heart attack when you go to buy beer here because it is like, it is not like it is down there. We are taxed. Even with the exchange rate, you're going to shit a brick. It's $100 a case in Australia for 24 beers. Okay, yeah, it's not that bad. You'll yeah, be it's fine. not that bad. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. But, but you're it. still way where I, I've got friends, Canadian friends, and yeah, they tell me like when they go buy a case of beer and a pack of cigarettes, like what it costs. And I'm like, we could do that for yeah. four nights in a row for what you pay in yeah. one night. Yeah. Like on average, I think our beer, like middle of the road beer, this isn't middle of the road. This is a little lower, but you'll say <laughs> middle of the road. Like your PBR and stuff, you're paying easy two bucks a can. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> My it's dad, crazy. we go to. We go to some other friends hunting camp every deer season. After we hunted our farm, we go down and, and my dad always brings like three or four cases of that old Milwaukee, like that rock yeah. gut that nobody drinks. And so those guys always make fun of him. And they have this saying, like when my dad shows up, they, they'll put their arm around him and be like, laid off, are you? Because <laughs> like, that's the beer they all drank when they didn't have a job. Like so last year we show up. Show up for camp and they had all these hooded sweatshirts made with laid off or you with a picture of my dad in the old Milwaukee can. Oh, that's, <laughs> now, that's it's a premium like, beer. That's yeah, what it it's a premium. He's, he'll get the can yeah, out and say, see, boys, it says premium beer. Now, that's what you need to drink. <laughs> I love it. I drank. I love the We were out, we were out at hunt. Yeah, I drank about 10 of them one night with him because I was out of my beer and I was so sick the next day. I don't know how he does it. You get used to it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Or you die young. I don't know. (laughs) I'm the oldest looking 24 year old out there. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to PBR. (laughs) A Um, beer. What's the beer choice in in your guys' area? I was, uh, Mm -hmm. I was just in Pittsburgh. I was just uh, exposed to, a uh, yingling, yingling, which yingling. I thought, yingling, yingling, yingling's a pretty good taste. We're only yeah. about ninety miles south of Pittsburgh. Yeah, you were right here yeah. close to us. Yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that. Is it? I thought it was much further away. It turns out it's only an hour and a half or so. And yeah, he knows. He was there watching you. Yeah, <laughs> he put yeah, my shower camera. In. Beer, yeah, how do you biggest, think the shower camera? <laughs> the biggest selling beer down here right now, I would say, is Michelob Ultra. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Every, everybody that, that'd probably be like a water to you guys. You probably it, wouldn't be able to drink it. it. It's not just like water. It is water. Yeah, yeah, I don't like it. I can you can drink fifty of those things. All they do is like bloat you up and you don't you don't even get drunk from it. <laughs> it's like uh what did Monty Python say? It's like having sex in a canoe. <laughs> Fucking close to water. <laughs> um well boys i don't want to keep you too much longer i have one last question yep can you use the term chuchin in a sentence chuchin 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 the word gentlemen is chuchin Chuchin. (laughs) is my brother chuchin right now we've been chuchin all night (laughs) he might be i'm not sure I think Chujin is probably maybe something you and your lady friend do out there in the in the tundra or something. Oh, you you definitely could. Yeah, that's not. You've been Chujin, haven't you? 
<laughs> we tend to use it a little more like if so there's we've got two uses for it over where we hang out and that's either like if you're fermenting something right like beer or whatever like that's if it's still going that's still chuchin or if you've got a fire yet chuchin something going something and that fire going really on. going yeah that I, fire got is chuchin. I got you it's chuchin so we expect to hear that in a song Sometimes soon. No. Why? Why uh, would you? What do you? How would you use one of our words called "partner"? That was our grandpa used that all the time. Partner. P U R T N E A R. Partner. Oh, almost. Almost. Yeah. You got it. You got it. Really? Yeah. Good for you, Scott. Yep. You're you're partner there, son. You're partner there. Oh, I love it. Part I'm going to use that at work tomorrow. No one's going to have a fucking clue what I'm yeah. saying. I love it. Totally. Hartnir yeah. got her done, buddy. <laughs> I remember when we were in high school, we used to drink Canadian Mist. Did you guys ever drink Canadian Mist? Oh, my God. No. What the fuck is that? Somebody has played <laughs> a terrible Calvert. joke on you, Don. That is, you need to... That's a long time. I haven't heard that. In... All right. Woo. I know. I, I give up. What is it? <clears throat> Canadian yeah. Mist? I don't know. It was a bourbon. It was like it was like a cheap bourbon when we were in school. Like you, you seven dollars a They gallon. always had it at like our high school parties and like the, <laughs> the kid that get a half gallon for seven dollars. <laughs> the kid that had the fake ID would run in the liquor store and get like a case of Canadian Mist, and it was horrible. Oh yeah. Oh my god. No, I, I, I think I saw that. I think it was like a loaf in around high school, and I was like, uh, nope. <laughs> like a Lord Calvert. That's kind of. Like a cheaper Lord. It's Calvert. still in business. Do you guys drink? Do you guys drink Labatt's beer a lot? Do you drink the Labatt's? Uh, I so, just like to drink. So yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we'll drink whatever. <laughs> uh, Labatt's is kind of like they don't make the traditional Labatt stuff anymore. I think they they might even like get it. bought out now, aren't they? But like yeah, Labatt uh, Blue, Labatt Blue yeah. used to be no. awesome. Yeah. We we used to go to this. We used to go to this big. We play this great big festival in the state of Ohio here. It was called Jamboree in the Hills, and it was like the Super Bowl of country music. It was huge. They don't do it. They right before the pandemic and everything was their final year, but it went on since like 1970. But it was a big one. But we had a lot of friends from Canada that would come down and camp there by us, and they would bring like a U-Haul full of LeBlatt's blue, yeah. and that's what we would drink with them there. It was a good beer. I always thought it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good beer. When I was a little kid, that was like a staple dad beer. Like, it was either that or club, and that those two beers were you. just, like, floating around, and they, yeah. 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 They had the best the, commercials. They had the best commercials, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's it's long <laughs> gone now. It's uh, It's been replaced by, like, our craft brewery scene out here is crazy now. So it's like it's very much like local local beer all over the place, with the exception of yeah that that's kind of how it is right here in our little small town too. It's we've got like four breweries now, yeah. and five years ago we didn't have any, so now it's 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 popular. Mm-hmm. It's it's a popular thing to, and we the WVU West Virginia University is right here in Morgantown above us, about an hour and. There's like 35,000 college kids there. So it's it's really getting a lot of traction with the young, the college kids and going to get the good beers. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, right on, guys. Thank you so much for coming. It's great great to chat with you guys. Hopefully we can come up there and have a beer with you. Yeah, absolutely. 
I want to go trout fishing in Canada, so let's let's make a trout fishing so trip happen. Trout okay. fishing and then pike fishing, so we'll have to drive a couple hours yeah. in either direction, but that's no problem. Yeah, that's worth it. Let's yeah. do it. Sounds like a plan to me. Perfect. Let's set have it. Have a up. good trip to it. Nashville. And uh, yeah. I, I agree with Darren. Eastern Eastern Kentucky just blew my socks off like that. You know. That, well, thank that you. We haven't trip. got any feedback yet. You guys are the first folks to tell us anything, sir. So. I've been a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, it's been, yeah, we've it's been crazy. listening to your music. It's awesome. There, there's one song that spoke to me because I feel like it was like a magic eight ball. Like this is how this is my this is where my life's gonna end up. And uh, it, it was dead on a fence line. <laughs> That's very likely. Extremely. We wrote that song on our farm. You know, we was he had the hook. We, we are squirrel hunters by just heritage and tradition. We hunted. That's just part of our culture down here. Our grandfather just you know he's passed down. Just it, it's kind of you know there's a lot of skill, believe it or not, to hunting squirrels oh, here. It. And he used to hunt them with an old muzzleloader, you know. And uh, we take it very serious. And there's a lot of art to it, kind of thing. It's just old wisdom handed down through the family. We hunt and you got to kind of really sneak up in these woods. And it's, it's a lot of skill to get close enough with a shotgun to, to mm -hmm. do, to, to hunt them. And, uh, I'd been hunting that morning and, uh, coming off the hill, we got an old fence line, an old barbed wire fence that still grows through our big oaks up there. And, you know, we'll find an old whiskey bottle from my grandfather or, our ancestors up there where they used to hunt hounds at night and take their bottles up there and listen to the day they just let listen to the dogs run and build a fire so we can still track our grandfather from half full little bottles all over the place up there my dad he'll grab them still drink them oh, shit. Been up really? there for 50 years and put them back and look up the sky and salute to them and put the bottle back but uh that's special we i was hunting that morning and I shot a squirrel and it fell down. It landed and bounced right on one of them old barbed wire fences uh, coming out of that oak tree and laid there. I come off a hill. I said, Donnie, I got a song title <laughs> called Down Bad on the Fence Line. That's how that song comes I love it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. We, we take those squirrels and, and deep. If you ever had a squirrel wing, you would never eat another chicken wing. We yeah. take those squirrels and deep fry them and make and different wing sauces and quarter them up and deep fry them and make squirrels wings dip, dip them and ranch really? squirrel, squirrel gravy squirrel gravy fried squirrel oh, it's, it's squirrel. a delicacy it, they live on hickory nuts you know it's, people think oh my god a squirrel. it's the sweetest wild meat you ever eat huh. a young gray squirrel I've, I've never had a squirrel that'd be amazing to try yep i would definitely be into that not our yeah. squirrels up here we'll bring you we'll bring you guys some squirrel yeah, wings yeah. and you had me a deep fried. different beer when we come yeah. up sounds good i love it all right, thank you guys so much. Uh, home, a hey, lot. This was really fun. With you, yeah. home is where the heart is. Comes out April twenty eighth. Yep. yep, all digital. Anywhere hours. you can stream it. And Enjoy you guys yourself are always on the yep. Grand Old Opry. Yeah, yeah. congratulations. Well, night, next night. Yeah. yeah. Thank, thank yeah. you guys. Thank you guys for the feedback. Now, hit us up. Let us know what's going on. We'll come up and see you guys. Sounds great. That's we sounds love awesome. It. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, thank you. Guys. Have a great night. Those guys All are right. beauties. Just normal guys. Yeah. Just they're, normal guys. They're amazing but everybody people. Everybody likes them. They're like us, but with talent. <laughs>
Yeah, they're like us, but with talent. Exactly. Well, how unlikable. unfair is that, that they have generations worth of talent inside of them? And yet, what do I got? Yeah, I got nothing. I got generations of rot gut and back problems. <laughs> they have alcoholism. They have yep. So much, yeah. so much generational stuff that they have booze they can just drink in trees. Okay, that's. <laughs> That is going to be my legacy to my grandkids. Is they're going to be able to yes. walk our fence lines and pick up my old booze bottles and drink them and then find my body. I have never felt yeah. more poor yeah. than talking to those guys where they're like, I have whiskey on my fence line that I can just drink every 20 feet. I'm like, what have I been doing with my life? Yeah. <laughs> your your dad didn't set it up right. That's, that's really what it was. Yeah. It's all fucked. Everything's fucked. I got to go up there and fix that fence line. That's uh yeah, those guys are fantastic. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm glad they came on. And uh, I guess that's a wrap for tonight. So, Okay. You boys, unless have a great we're night. Found, unless we're found dead on a fence line. <laughs> I'm going to go Matt? take another beer. I, I'm going to go finish this. I've you should. This. And what should everybody else do? I'm going to go smoke the rest of a joint. And then I'm going to watch some TV. Matt, just say the fucking sign off. Keep on choochin'. Keep on. Choochin'! Hey, nobody. Don't forget to check out mutteringpines.com for our line of apparel and follow us on social and anywhere you listen to or watch your favorite podcasts. And remember, keep on choochin'.